Hey friends, I hope you're all staying healthy and comfortable and taking care of the people and plants and animals that are important to you. Speaking of animals, did you know dogs get zits? I did not. I got myself all worked up yesterday afternoon when I found a pink bump on our dog Lola's jaw. And after examining it for a while, running my finger over it and taking a photo of it with my phone, and I opened up Google and I, I typed pink bump on my... And that was all I needed to type, because Google populated the rest with dog's chin. And the first thing that came up from my search was canine acne. Yeah, I had no idea. But evidently, it's it's not uncommon. So that, that I stopped worrying right away, you know, because uh, it, it looks much better today. It's, it's a bit dried up. But geez, I, I saw this pink bump. I, I wondered all sorts of things. You know, first thing I thought of it was like a, a tick, you know, and I thought maybe it's a tick engorged with blood. And that's so gross. Sorry. Anyway, hey, hey. Let's get on to other things. Something good happened to me this past week, uh, and, and I wanted to talk to you about it. I was I was working out at the gym at our local YMCA on Tuesday morning, and, and a woman on the exercise bike next to me told me her friend had purchased my latest novel, Where Are You Now, Randy Dow? And, and the woman asked her friend, how far into it are you? And the friend said, I finished it. I read the entire book in four hours. So then the woman asked her friend if she liked it. And the friend said, it was good. Now, that's all it took. This this made my day, ladies and gentlemen. That's, and, and I told the woman right then and there, I said, thank you. That made my day. And for real, it did. It did. Now, now, regular listeners of the People Are the Enemy podcast will probably recognize the last anecdote as a contrived setup for the shameless plug part of this podcast's opening monologue. And, and you're absolutely right. Though, that anecdote is, I promise, 100% true. That actually happened. Anyway, there are no ads on the People Are the Enemy podcast, and there's no Patreon set up for it, but I would like to remind you, dear listener, that I am a published author with eight books currently available for purchase worldwide via Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my novels in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. So, if you love the podcast and you want to contribute to it, to it and myself monetarily, and get yourself a great paperback or ebook at the same time, please type my name, which, by the way, is Andy Mascola, into the search bar of your online book retailer of choice and uh, purchase a book or two. If you've already purchased any or all of my novels, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. Hello, people are the enemy listeners. Sorry about that theme song. You know, I thought there might be a problem this this uh, with this episode, if only because it took so long for the uh, the audio software to load up. And then, as you might have heard when I was after I read the opening monologue, I paused for a minute in saying, "Here, you know, here's the quirky theme song," because there, there was a box of some kind of message over the 
the audio software that I had to first close out. So yeah. Ooh, well, hey, these things happen. This is real life. I'm not faking the funk, and there's no edits on this podcast, so you hear it like I hear it. This is what we have. Anyway, this is episode 169 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Thank you for spending time with us. I say us because Adam Savage, who you may remember from two episodes ago, is back on the show today to, to help me out, and we, we wanted to we wanted to talk about some albums today. Adam Adam is on the line right now. Hello, Adam. How are you? Andy, great to be back. All right, on, man. Thank you so much for, for uh, giving us your time. It's really good to have you back. You're, you're a fun person to speak with. And uh, we had a lot in common. Adam and I had talked a bit uh, via uh, IM, going back and forth, deciding like uh, something cool that we might be able to, to do as a concept for this episode. And uh, we kind of decided, we ping-ponged back and forth, and we, we I say we collectively kind of came up with the idea of uh, giving each other an album, like uh, signing each other an album that we both already knew, sorry, us as individuals knew, but the other one didn't, to listen to. Is it? Did I explain that well, Adam, or, or maybe you could do a better job? <laughs> yeah, I think it just, yeah, it's a new album to each of us, so I, I think, uh, yeah, it was, was kind of your idea with the movies, I just, um, a movie feels like such a big time commitment for me right now. I don't know why an album seems easier. So, um, but it was really your idea. It's a good idea. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, uh, I think you're absolutely right about the time commitment side of things. And coincidentally, these albums, and I just realized this today in researching, uh, both albums, uh, that we assigned each other were about the same amount of time. I think, I think the Laurie Anderson big science album that, that I assigned you was 38 minutes. And the Frank Sinatra Watertown album that you assigned me was about 36 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's a, it's a decent album length, don't you think? Yeah, I think that kind of standard album length kind of just became part of the format for a while. And it's uh, it's kind of kind of vanishing as the Internet kind of moves towards singles and just or you can have like a 400 minute album if you want nowadays. Yeah, that's true. I like I remember like when audio CDs came along and you could fit like 74 or 80 minutes on a CD albums suddenly became a lot longer and there was like all this, you know, bonus tracks, bonus materials to try to encourage people to, to buy the CD. And, and then you're right. Yeah. Then the you know, singles became more popular and it kind of contracted a little bit, I suppose. But then, then there's Spotify. And I know a lot of, especially like a, like hip hop acts who, who, you know, make the bulk of their cash via streams are, are making gigantic albums because the more tracks that they have, the more streams that they're going to get for you know people listening to the entire album. It's a it's a it's a wise uh, move marketing wise, but it's also cumbersome. It's a cumbersome listen. You know what I mean? To listen to to a, a and I remember a lot of CDs were like became like a, a like a cumbersome listen to listen to like a uh, like a Beck album. I, I think Beck is the one artist I remember coming out with a CD that was e- e- extraordinarily long. I, uh, I think you know around the time of CD CDs becoming popular, and then. And then Weezer kind of contracted it when they came out with that Green album that I think was just, I think that was like under 27 minutes. It was considerably short, but people loved it. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of remember that Green album because it was like, it was still the right number of songs. It's just every song was like, you know, like two, three minute songs, which is, you know, like, it's it's interesting how formats change the, the way that people make music. For sure. That, For sure. But we... We probably couldn't have picked more uh, two more different albums, though, huh? No, this is this is absolutely true, Adam. I, I, and I would never, ever have ever listened to this album. 
<laughs> do not recommended me or referred me to or assigned me rather. Because I say assigned because a lot of times it felt like homework. Frank Sinatra's Frank Sinatra's 1970 album Watertown. Now, like right from the jump, I looked at this album I'm like this does not look like a Frank Sinatra album. For one thing, there's no photo of Frank Sinatra on the album. <laughs> On the album's yeah. cover. And I did research. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know that much about Frank Sinatra, you know, as you know, as far as his discography is concerned. I'm not well studied in it. So I started looking back, like, for the albums prior to, to Watertown, and they everyone had, like, a color photo of Frank. And then I looked at the <laughs> albums after Watertown, because I'm like, maybe I missed some kind of thing. There was some kind of, you know, weird kind of, like, um, uh, period where he didn't put out photos of himself on the album cover. Nope. Everyone after had photo of Frank on the <laughs> cover so i'm looking at this watertown album and folks if you if you look it up you'll see what i'm talking about it's it's uh, a drawing of what looks like like some train tracks <laughs> it looks like somebody learning to use perspective like, in a drawing class <laughs> yeah it looks like a shitty like r crumb drawing or something like that. Exactly, yeah. not that r crumb is by any means shitty but you know like you know, if he was just fucking around, you know, it looks like that. Well, he did that series of, of like America through the ages. It looks like it's part of that. That's what it reminded me. That's exactly what it reminded me of that cover. <laughs> so not again, not an album I would ever, ever listen to. Now, it's a concept album about um, about a man from Watertown, New York, whose wife has left him and their two boys for the for the lure of the city. Now, Adam. How the hell did you find this album? Are you like, are you a fan of this album? Those are my, those are two questions I was dying to find out from you. Well, no, I, I'm not a huge Frank Sinatra listener by any means. Like, I, he's somebody I always associate with, like my grandpa and my uncle, like listening to. It's like just feels like very old music to me. And uh, this album, I, a music critic recommended it, and I checked it out and I liked it. But uh, by no means, I don't think I've listened to Frank Sinatra in at least ten years, and. Uh, it seems like his, his influence like has kind of waned. I, I could be totally misreading that, but I mean, I, I remember the the rapper Logic saying that he he admires Frank Sinatra a lot. But other than that, I can think of very people who say like, "Oh, I love Sinatra nowadays." It's just he seems to have kind of fallen. Sl- I don't know. Does this seem that, that way to you, or am I just imagining? No, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. I think there was, and and I feel like this is maybe. Maybe it feels it feels like it was only a few years ago, but it was probably more like seven to ten years ago that there was like a a Frank Sinatra documentary that was ext- extraordinarily lengthy, if I remember correctly, and it, it tried to cover all his television appearances and his life using all this this footage from from his uh, his 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 performances and um, appearing on shows and whatnot. And I remember a lot of people were just kind of soured on it. I think just because it was so cumbersome. Again, it was so huge, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I mean, he, he, yeah. For people that are into him, I'm sure he seems like, you know, he's like the. It's like any artist. Like if they feel like that's their artist, like everything emanates from that. But if like most people, like he's just a name nowadays, and uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, this I, I don't want to tell you my opinion of the album until I want to hear your opinion first. So, so okay, well, let I'll, me know what you think. I'll tell you. Be it, honest. <laughs> I will be honest. The songs, first of all, they're all beautifully produced. There, there's a gorgeous orchestra. They're, they all kind of have the same tempo, and they're all really sad. And after a while, I'll tell you, man, after, like, listening to one side of it, because, you know, it breaks it up into sides, I was like, you know, it, it was more, I was like, all right, I, I get it. This guy, this poor guy's wife left him with the two 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 boys, <laughs> and he's just, he's just crying about it. 
And and the second side was like more of the same, pretty much. You know what I mean? And yeah. and like I said, I don't I don't think it's a bad quote unquote bad album. It's beautiful. Like I said, beautifully produced. Uh, I read I read some after I'd listened to it. I read about it because I wanted to learn more about it. And I guess it was like produced by two of the guys that were part of Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. And it was the only they said it, the Wikipedia entry, I should say, because you never can tell with Wikipedia whether what's true or not. Um, but it said that supposedly it was the only album that Frank didn't like wasn't in the studio with an orchestra, like singing along to it. They were literally like pre-recorded tracks. Yeah. And yeah. he just, and everything was already written out and he just had to basically sit in a studio, listen to the music and sing along with it. And it's Frank Sinatra. He, he does a great job. He sounds good. The songs, I guess, I, like I said, aren't, aren't particularly happy. It's a sad story. And uh, it's a sad album, but but I guess it's consistent in that you know I suppose if you're a person who just dealt with somebody leaving you, it might it might be the right album for that kind of moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it is definitely a downer, and I uh, I think the reason I picked it was because uh, I had been looking for uh, for some reason I wanted to hear Elvis's version of Bloom Moon. And I, I saw that Sinatra had one, and I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about Sinatra in a while. And I, I listened to a little of this album, and I was thinking, I haven't listened to like a, a concept album like this in a long time. And I, I just kind of listened, when we were talking about it, that's when I was listening to it. So I'm like, oh, I wonder what Andy would think of this. <laughs> I, don't really, I, don't, I don't really know your musical taste at all. So like, I mean, I, actually, I, I listened last week to the guest you had and the, the song there, but... Uh, I still feel like I, I don't know your musical taste well. So like I just threw this out there as like something that I, I agree that I like the songs and I like the production, but actually Sinatra's singing is like my least favorite part. In some ways it, it gets a little too, um, I mean, we, we may want to transition to, to Laurie Anderson because the, sting, the singing styles is just so different. Like he's just so like, like this really long, like, you know, belting out these songs that you can't imagine Laurie Anderson doing. No, the, like the, the, the difference between these two albums that we picked for each other was, was, is, is startling and stunning. And it's, it's literally 12 years in between the two. There, there's, there's these photos. Like, it, it, it harkened back to this thing that I remembered, like, looking at this photo of, of Ian Curtis from Joy Division that was like, you know, you know Joy Division, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was this picture of Ian Curtis performing, and it was this color photo of him and he's up on stage and he's holding the microphone and he's wearing like this purple shirt. And I'm like, like, like maybe it was 1978, 77, 78, something like that. And I'm like, you know what? I, I bet I can find a picture of Elvis Presley. I wonder what like Elvis Presley was doing at this time. And I found a picture from the exact same year of Elvis, it, like standing on stage, like almost the same sort of photograph from like somebody in the audience looking up at the, uh, at the performer. And it's like Elvis in this, this white fucking jumpsuit with the, <laughs> Sideburns and everything, and it just looks like like two different like fucking planets. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're yeah. so like, look, 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 you're looking at two people that, that could have very well been performing on the same goddamn day, and it's like looking at two like the culture culture is so amazing just because of that. You know what I mean? There's something for everybody, and uh, it's just it's just I guess that's why it's wonderful. You know, pop culture because it's you know and it's constantly changing. That's the other thing. One one guy was obviously. Uh, shifting out, so to speak, and and uh, by the way, I think I think Elvis died in seventy seven, right? Did he? Was it? 77? I think that's right. Yeah. Okay, so um, forgive me then. It was it was a picture from the same year, but it might have been it might have been like early seventy seven or something like that. 
Anyway, I don't I don't recall. I could find it and look it up. Doesn't matter. I'm dying to know what you thought about the Laurie Anderson album, Big Science. Well, I'm I'm not sure if I've heard it before or not. I, I feel like some of the names of titles, like the um, I, I, let me get I have the Wikipedia open to um, the one uh, Born Never Asked. That name sounded familiar, and I kind of realized at some point I listen, I must have listened to that that William Burroughs album that she did with him uh, that has that track because that name just sounded familiar. But but none of the songs sounded familiar to me, and like they all sound very. Um, they sound like they could have been produced today in a lot of ways. I agree. I agree. Now, you, you didn't know Oh Superman. I'm not sure. Like, it feels like something that I probably would have heard. Like, my, my dad might have played something like this as a kid because he played stuff like, you know, Philip Glass, Talking Heads, um, Brian Eno, that whole, like, school that feels like this is coming from. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if I heard this, but none of it is very, was very clear to me in it. Um, I liked it. I was like just playing it as I was like drawing and yeah, it was good background music for working and her, her singing style is very interesting in that she tends to, for the most part, just like either kind of speak rather than singing, you know, more like a rapping or something, or she uses like this really like, uh, she alters it electronically. And so it doesn't even sound like her voice in a lot of times. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily singing per se, but yeah, it's more like uh, speaking. But I suppose, yeah, I, I don't know if you knew she's she was L- Lou Reed's wife um, up until his passing, and um, yeah, I imagine it's not it's a similar, not unlike Lou Reed's style, you know, where it's kind of like sing speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, she seems like she comes more from like an art art school background as a you know like a a gallery artist or something who happened to kind of transition into music yeah whereas whereas Lou Reed feels like he started out as like a you know an actual musician in in clubs or whatever and recording artists but then he kind of and then he like released have you heard uh metal machine music have oh you? Jesus yeah well <laughs> only in parts only in parts uh, yeah nobody nobody can listen to that entire thing right <laughs> <laughs> like that's him trying to be uh I don't know, a gallery artist where people can say, oh, that's that's interesting, but not actually listen to it as music. Man, oh, man. So, um, but I like this album. It was good. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, it, it's... Uh, tell me what you think about it, though. Like, why I, did you pick I like it? it. I like it a lot. I still like it a lot. I love I love the, the cover art. I, I, I found it, just to give a little backstory. I, I knew the song, Oh, Superman. I think I'd heard it on, like, Boston, like, late night on Boston radio. And it, there isn't an abbreviated form because it was a single. And I guess, strangely enough, it was like a number two single in England. Uh, that's that was the the one the one uh, uh, I think you know uh, num- the one quote unquote hit that I think Laurie Anderson had. And I remember the song, hearing it, and then I think I had it on like some '80s compilations, and I I found it on a CD, like a used CD in a in a video store in like the late '90s. And I thought, I thought, oh yeah, I know that song, Oh Superman, I should check this out, because it was a cheap UCD. And I bought it, and I ended up really, really loving it, and finding myself, like, returning to it, and listening to it at least, you know, like, once every year. I just put it on, and it kind of, it kind of made me feel comfortable, and, and, uh, it's, I suppose it was used, I think, as, like, it was part of, like, one of her, you know, you mentioned, you you, you, you hit it the nose, you hit the, uh, the nail on the head, so to speak, when you said that, you know, she was an artist first, because I guess she'd use it a lot of this music in a performance, 
and then she kind of picked and chose like which pieces from this performance uh, to put on this album. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's like a journey. It feels like it's something that you should be like kind of like watching, right? Yeah. Um, one of the songs I, I did. I don't want to discount her singing what I said earlier. I was thinking about that song. I don't know which one it is. The one where it goes like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of like, it sounds almost like Scottish Bjork or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I like that one. It, it does sound, it reminded me of Bjork and kind of like the direction. Like I can think of very few artists of that time that would sing like that. That's true. Yeah, there, there's... Um... Yeah, I think she's talking about somebody's sweater or something like that, right? Uh, okay, the sweater song. Sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what we're talking about. Very good, very good. So so at least one of us walked away happy from this experiment, Adam. <laughs> so, sorry I had to traumatize you. With this no, it's okay. it wasn't traumatic, but it was just like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. This is... but, but I'll tell you, it was eye-opening in that, you know, you, you don't think of... I, I guess what's interesting is, and, and I, I've had, you know, I did another podcast episode about this very thing, sort of like... Artists that take like artistic risks, you know, and we're speaking about Lou Reed, like Lou Reed and Metallica, where they made that Lulu album, you know, that people, people either seem to really like or really hate it. I think more people really hated it, but, um, I don't know if you're familiar. How is it? How is it? No, I haven't heard it. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. So it's basically (laughs) like, like Lou Reed, uh, fronting Metallica is basically what it is. I never even heard about that. It, it has some, it ha- yeah, yeah. It has some interesting moments on it, but a lot of times you'll you'll see like artists take these interesting artistic risks. And the more recent one that we, uh, or I say we, it was myself and, and James Green Jr., another writer, had talked about was uh, Danzig did a, you know, Danzig Glenn Danzig from the Misfits yeah. and also the band yeah. Danzig did an album of Elvis covers last year. Where, no, I didn't hear about that. Where he covered them, like, sincerely. Like, it wasn't, like, trying to make them, like, you know, gothic heavy metal or, you know, whatever <laughs> styles that he's experimented or used in the past, you know, punk, etc. like that. It was just literally, like, him, like, hiring a band and performing performing Elvis's songs. Like, the, his favorite Elvis songs. Yeah, yeah. Which I, was odd. I, but it, but it, sounds, it sounds compelling, right? When you hear the idea, you're like, oh, yeah, I'd be interested in hearing that. What, what is that going to be like? You know what I mean? Well, didn't actually, now that I'm thinking about it, didn't Bob Dylan do a, a Sinatra cover album? I don't know. Collection? That's uh, that's I, something I'm unaware of. I don't like like any recent Bob Dylan. Like, his, his, I don't listen to him anymore. I like his old stuff, but like, so I, I, I was kind of dimly aware of that. But again, that kind of just speaks to the idea that Sinatra is just like this, this kind of, I like those songs though on that album. And I, I feel like that's the kind of stuff that I would like to cover because I feel like because I, like I said, I don't like Sinatra singing enough on that. I, I think it's the weakest part. So I do like those songs, though. They're, they're good, uh, the structure of them. Well, they're beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautifully produced and a beautiful orchestra, obviously, that uh, that they had to perform it. And I, I think, obviously, using Frankie Valli and those guys, they knew what they were doing in the studio. So, so yeah, I can absolutely, absolutely attest to, to the quality of, of the music production. But... Boy, what a bummer! I, <laughs> I won't be listening to it again for at least ten years. I don't think. Well, this this was a fun experiment, Adam. Thank you so much for for uh, talking with me again today. This was a good time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Andy. Uh, you're welcome, buddy. I, I encourage folks uh, to check out Adam's YouTube channel. It's excellent. YouTube.com/slash Adam Savage Land. Uh, I I watch it regularly and and I enjoy. Um, the content he's uh, he's he's funny and he's he's, he's always a, got an opinion and he 
he finds some wonderful things. I'd say I call them diamonds in the rough, but uh, but you know, there's a lot of the stuff isn't isn't necessarily the rough that he's drawing from. You know what I mean? He's he finds some diamonds, and then and then he's honest about the stuff he finds too. Some of the stuff he, he's not uh, he's not too particularly happy about. I should mention. You did you did a Simon Hanselman another Simon Hanselman video recently I think just as recent as last week. Yeah, just a quick little little video to like because I I'm working on like a uh, I don't want to reveal too much but I'm working on kind of a uh, a video that I feel like is going to get more views so that was just like a filler video to but I am reading that book and it is great yeah it looks like fun that's a that's it's pretty cool it's just kind of like I think it's called sticks and stems right it's just like. Seeds and stems, yeah. Oh, seeds and stems. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, Adam, this has been so much fun. This has been episode 169 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Adam Savage. We love you. Peace.